Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. Live now. What's up, guys? What's up? Hi. <laughs> I'm with Megan and Jonathan. My name's RJ. If you're listening, um, just so you know who, who we are. Um, if you're watching, hi. 
Nice to see you. Um, we are going to talk about this show from a long time ago. Long, long, long time ago. 1997. Alpine Valley. Um, I'm going back to Alpine Valley tomorrow. So this will be my first time there since this um, 8997 show, which is crazy. Um, I do want to tell you quickly before we get into it. Uh, we've been talking about this on the Quick Hits, but tomorrow, Thursday, August 11th, Brian and I are going to be hosting an event with Riley Walker at the Cooperage in downtown Milwaukee. We're going to interview him, and then he's going to play a set of music. Brian's already there. Brian's scoping it out, making sure everything is all set. Um, it's going to be it's going to be really cool. That you can get tickets and check that out at osirispod.com/slash/Milwaukee. Um, we had. Man, we had such an amazing weekend, Megan, didn't we? We really did. I'm still kind of glowing from it. Yeah, it was was really really fun. Yeah. We had had two days of events. One on Saturday, we had Barber from the Disco Biscuits. And then on Sunday, we had a water wheel auction. Things got crazy. Um, I don't know. I think you probably saw this somewhere, Jonathan. But we, we, we planned on having Cal Kehoe and Tom play some music, play a couple songs for us. Um, Sunday, right? Which was amazing, by the way. That was, was amazing. Cal was amazing. And then they were like, and then we were, I was going to interview the guy, this guy, Brian, Brian from Dogs in a Pile. And then he, he was like, I don't know. I probably wouldn't play anything because that might just sounds a little overwhelming. I was like, all right, that makes sense. And then Cal sort of like started egging them on because he showed up with two of his bandmates. And then he was like, you know, <laughs> maybe we will play, maybe we will play music. So then we were like, okay, so now we're going to hear Dogs in a Pile play acoustic while we were doing our water wheel auction. And the sound guy came up to us and said, this is why we sound check, which is a perfect <laughs> front, of, front of house guy thing to say. So it, it all worked out fine. The people at the Anchor Rock Club were amazing. And we got some acoustic dogs in a pile. We got Cal and Tom. We we raised, you know, we raised raised several thousand dollars for the Waterwheel Foundation and got to have a really great time. And then on Saturday, Megan and I got to interview John Barber, and he played a set that was not acoustic. There was like people were going nuts in there. I would say that they. I mean, were that was too, like a like, late really, night rave. Exactly. Some clips. It looked rowdy. Yeah, people were waving fly um, fly swatters. It was awesome. It was, really I mean, it was, it was really, it was pretty wild. It was really much wilder <laughs> than I, than I thought. Um, so anyway, we had some great times and now tomorrow we get to go to, to Milwaukee to interview Riley Walker and have him play music. And then Jonathan, you're going to be in Denver at the end of the month doing the That's same right. thing with Taper's Choice. Very excited for that. We will be sure to sound check. Yeah, you should check. <laughs> not spring any surprises on the the front of house guy. The audience maybe, but not on the front mm. of house guy. Yeah. So take care of your front of house. I'm excited for you, Jonathan, because I think I think that's going to be a really fun time. Um, but I guess maybe we should just go forward with this. I also I'm wearing my undermine shirt today, and Jonathan hey. and Megan. I don't I don't even know if you guys know this yet, but well, you probably do. But do you know that undermine's coming <laughs> back in September? I do know I've heard that. rumors. It's coming back. We are coming back with Undermine in September. We have an amazing, amazing um, few months. We're going to go through December. It's going to be, we're going to recap a bunch of shows. Tom is going to host and interview people. We're going to go through a bunch of shows from a very special period in fish history. And, and we'll tell say more about it later because you probably can't figure out what it is based on that. So 
Jonathan, where were you in the summer of 1997? Mostly I was working or home with a one-year-old um, until the great went, which is the, my first fish shows back after, after having a baby. Since December 95, actually, is when I, when I saw my last shows before having the baby. And I so, should say I didn't personally have the baby, but it was my baby. <laughs> you assisted the process. I was around. Yeah. I was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, okay. So, Megan, I want to ask you, but just for people who are listening, we have a couple comments. Hey, guys, and Megan, love your show. Let's finish up the running style. We're going to do that. And then this yeah. guy, Russ Tab, he was there. He sent me a, a picture after. Hey, man, um, thanks for sending that message. Wasn't expecting to dance that hard before the fish show on Saturday. And I, don't <laughs> yeah. think any of us, I don't think any of us were. Um, so that's um, that's that's some more about this tour. Um, the show with the tour. Hold on, Brian. Brian, we, we have listeners and viewers asking us questions. Completely different question topic. But what do you guys think as of right now? I think maybe the show of the tour. Is mm. maybe, maybe that's what you meant, Brian. But I'm going to answer that question. You know what I was thinking this morning, guys. What? what were we thinking I, this morning? I, I don't think I got any credit for this. Do you remember when we said the show of the, t- the what we thought the show of the tour was going to be before the tour started? Remember when we yeah. did that little segment? Yeah. Don't remember that at all. And I said Raleigh. Way too long ago. You said Raleigh. And you you remember what I said? You guys remember what I said? You don't because if you did, I have a you'd be feeling. Actually, I think I said Bethel. Me. I know but... what you said because of what do you think I said? Up. I think you probably said AC just because no. you know, you're really <laughs> I said Blossom. And I think oh, I was like you partially, did. You did I was partially right. But yeah, we're actually, right. Raleigh, I, I think did we were say, partially right. Yeah, you yeah. said Raleigh. Sure. I said Bethel and Kevin Hogan was on and said it was too early in the tour. And I think Bethel was definitely Bethel one of the best shows. Bethel up. night two? Yeah. We're like, up, we're all kind of. it will be shown up. But we're AC all kind one of right. was amazing You can't. Too. Pick Merriweather if you can't spell Merriweather, Brian. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Man. Your opinions are typo. usually very good, but your he's fingers just, are he's failing. He's just trying you. to. He's just trying to to <laughs> to hang hang out with us, man. Brian, don't listen to him. <laughs> I'm a jerk. I'm sorry. Um. Um. Okay. So, Megan, where where were you in the summer of 1997? On fish tour. Yes. No, I just saw the first three shows of that summer. So I saw the Virginia Beach, the Raleigh, and Atlanta shows, which changed my life. Yeah, they were amazing. They were amazing. I had just moved from Tucson to North Carolina and met some new friends, and we had the most amazing time on tour. And we met up with a bunch of my friends from Arizona, and it was just it was a magical summer. So the first shows of the of the summer were Virginia Beach. Raleigh, Raleigh, and mm-hmm. Atlanta, Lakewood, Atlanta, right, Lakewood, right. Wow, amazing, the amazing first shows, American shows, of course, first American yeah. shows, USA, USA. That was really what a what was a that, great and fun time. Was that he was Fish very, destroys America? Or was that the fall? That was the fall. But I, I, fall. you know, I actually think there's a good case to be made for this summer tour. It's so good. Every show oh, yeah. you listen to from this tour is just fantastic. Summer 97. Okay. I know it's kind of brushed under the rug because fall is so great, but I yeah. I love summer 97. Yeah. Before we get into the specific show, Jonathan, what's your what's your impression of summer 97 as a as a as a as a I like it better than the fall. Hmm. 
Wow. I think yes. that everybody's wow. all like, oh, the fall funk is the shit. And I'm like, you know, I don't like that stuff that much. Um, I think that the summer <laughs> has more variation in the things. Um, and this show that we're going to talk about is a perfect example of it. That's really interesting. Okay. okay. I think so. So I saw uh, Tinley Park, which was a which was a, a, a probably universally bad show. I think compared to almost everyone. Um, like I don't Sorry. think anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's got I, a I really low rating. Called on out here on the um, you are in the in the chat. I think that's for me. Um, and and I will take that. Um, I'm oh, it's blasphemy. not blasphemy because all of it sucks compared to Summer '95. Face it. Whoa, that is blasphemy. Oh, wow. Wow. Those are fighting words. Nah, you know I'm in corner 97. This band, this band has been going 95. downhill ever since uh, 12-31-95. Everything after that is just nostalgia. Okay, 12-30-97 just rehash sucks. and blah. No, that's all. I, I don't mean any. I, I don't mean a lot of that. Um, <laughs> well, I just want to tell you guys rules. that the Tinley Park Amphitheater Sorry. in outside Chicago was not cool. And... <laughs> I just remember it was like a it was like a big parking lot, and you know they had this sit in and the encore, Sugar Blue, and I, I guess like yeah. that was my first ever summer show because I had seen like some fall shows in in Michigan, you know, in '95 and '96. And then we went to to Alpine for one night, and then we went I'm to Deer glad, Creek for two nights. I'm glad Tinley Park wasn't your only show. Yeah, on that tour it would have been really I'm sure sad. You are too. Really sad. That would have been so sad. Um, Brent's final. Sh- Dead show was there. Oh, when was when was that? Seven twenty three ninety. Wow. Huh. Well, I do think one of my takeaways from that tour was like I felt like everything was so slow, in a way that I don't know if you guys agree with that. But now when I go back to it, it's not that it doesn't necessarily hold up. But I think some of the Deer Creek stuff was like some of those jams were just really kind of drawn out. But now I like them. Now I think. I think I because I started listening to Fish in 94, 95, and I was used to like, you know, the crazy fast, fast, crazy fast. And then this, it was way slowed down. Not as much Alpine, but definitely the, like the cities from Deer Creek, which is amazing. But I think at the time I was disoriented. It's funny. I was, I, I was like, I know why we're doing the eight, nine show, because at the time it seemed like that when we talked about it, that seemed like a good idea. And it, it, it was, it was a good <laughs> show. but today as I was, you know getting my web browser set up on the fish.net page for eight, nine, saw the set list for eight, 10. I was like, Oh yeah, you know, that one's pretty good. We could have done a four song five. If you count rotation jam second set episode mm-hmm. instead, maybe next time. Well, well, we should talk about that too, but let, let's talk about, I didn't listen to it. Let's okay. Fair. Yeah. Fair. I didn't do my homework. Not, not today. Well, I've listened to it so many times. We can I can just talk about it if you guys want, but that seems kind of boring. Um and I, I think the I think the the eight eleven show, the second Deer Creek show, was actually like it was not I don't think it was that great. I think there was a good antelope and, and some some other stuff. But anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Alpine. Um have you guys been to Alpine? I never have, which is crazy really as a Midwesterner. Away. I shouldn't admit that. So Okay, I now we're about to find out, and I'm I'm going to take pictures for you guys, and I'm going to share them with you on, from Friday night because I'm going to go back to this place and see if it's as amazing as everyone says. But everyone loves this this venue, and this was mm-hmm. right. What 
What's the um, Jonathan? The dead played. Dead played a bunch in in at Alpine, right? It's true. I don't have the stats in front of me. The eighty nine shows are widely, highly, and correctly well regarded. Um, I had those on tape. I remember. Yeah, and the videos circulate, especially now since last year when they did all of the uh, you know, the was it last year when they did all the videos during COVID lockdown or whatever maybe it was mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and um, it's great. It's really good. Summer nine, summer eighty nine is really good stuff. Uh, I think the the one thing everybody everybody talks about for Alpine, Alpine though is the uh, steepness of the lawn. Um, mm-hmm. Some will say that you aren't a real Midwesterner if you haven't burned up some of your uh, knee cartilage on that hill. Yeah. Um, sounds sounds rough. It sounds like you want to be in the pavilion, but. Uh... It's a huge, huge place, huge place, and, and a huge lawn. But I think you you kind of like walk over the hill, and then you just see the whole thing. It's beautiful, you know, and it's it's kind of it's out in the middle of nowhere, and it's. Um, but I, I do think that that, that I remember that part, um, of it just being like this gigantic hill and then you come over the hill and you're like, oh wow, here's this awesome venue. Um, so Jonathan, when you were going back, this is, this was their second show at Alpine. Um, they played summer 96 and then would play pretty consistently through, through the present day. Um, what, when you went back to this, I I just want to ask you about the first set. Like what, what was your... What was putting on a, a, a summer '97 show like for you, um, just in terms of the sound or the way they're playing, or what? What were some of your thoughts? Uh, one of my thoughts was that we should have like uh, a box set from this tour, starting with a reissue, yes. a, a, a box set specifically of the Great Went, which we are seeing the 25th anniversary of this summer. Um, but uh, no, I I think that. I think the thing that really stood out to me is how ripping these guys could be. Everybody, you know, again, talk about the funk and things of 97 and all those grooves and they're there. But then you listen to this taste and this taste was probably my highlight of the set. All good, though, don't get me wrong. But this taste is just an absolute shredding version. And that was the thing that, like right now after listening to it the other day and listening to it this morning uh that's what stands out forefront of my brain yeah that's fair i mean we have so we have live releases of virginia beach raleigh and and atlanta the three that that megan went to of course and then we have <laughs> and then we have ventura it's getting and then there, megan. and no. then the ventura <laughs> with the bowie it's it's amazing and then we have nothing until uh, until later in the year. So you know, I think um, that's where the, the the summer releases end until that you know until the McNichols show in November. So I think that you're right, Jonathan, um, and I think that they should do that. I think that they're just playing with such authority this summer. I mean, they sound really confident and really excited and energized and they're putting a lot of emphasis into their vocals like they're playing they're just playing really like kind of forward facing like very like in the moment and what's amazing is that even though they're playing a lot of this like funk and slower paced stuff they're also playing really delicately at times and also really fast like some of these peaks are just tremendous like they just 
build up and explode at the top. And I think they still have that speed from 94, 95, but they've relaxed a bit because they've already peaked in a way. You know, they've already reached all their biggest they goals. They that peak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That yeah. one peak. And so now they can kind of like, you know, discover this new sound and they have this confidence and swagger coming off that tour in Europe. And I just, I love thinking about where they were historically when I listen to these shows. Um, I like, uh, I just want to point out um, Savage1005 comment from YouTube. I think this is a good pitch for, for Kevin Shapiro, which is Shapiro needs to release all of the old soundboards before we all die. It just seems like that's it that gets seems really very gets fair. the urgency, you know. My time's coming any day. <laughs> um, I do want to just, I, I tweeted this out earlier, but I do, I just, if you guys don't mind, I just want to share this, uh, just want to share this picture. Oh my um, God, please do. Of, of me and, and Brad, who, you know, I started this podcast this with uh, back in uh, 2013. This is us at Alpine, 1997. I really wish I knew you then. I really I do. Know. <laughs> I kind of wish. Like we would have had a lot of fun. I wish I could remember they what were very young. Um, yeah, it was only we were eight. We were eighteen. It's crazy. Wonder what shirt Brad was wearing because I bet it was as much of a you know rip rip off uh, lot shirt as mine. So yeah, I like I your like Pepsi Fish shirt. This is amazing. Yeah. The necklaces are, are pretty pretty epic, Classic. right? Classic. Oh my god, mid nineties. We just so good. we just graduated from high school. We were out on summer tour. I mean, man, what a what a time to be alive, you know? Yeah, it doesn't get better than that. Awesome. Um, Megan, what, um, what are your, what are some of your highlights from the first set? The first set? I mean, do I have to pick this whole first set is so good. I think this theme is just tremendous. They're just like totally leaning into the vocals. They have like this rich, rich texture that they're making it almost in the fish.net review. They say that it almost like sounds like the end of a limb by limb and it has that feel to it and that it's like crescendos in this really dramatic way it's an incredible start to the show absolutely incredible obviously shocker i love this ghost i think every 97 <laughs> ghost is like my favorite thing ever they just sound lit up like such twangy bass like trey's tone was really interesting in 97 like he could sound really like twangy and kind of like funky and then he can also be super delicate and soft it's weird because they start out in this like electronic like funk place which is like my favorite and then they end in this like beautiful really soft like almost like birdsongy space they're like repeating this like light-hearted little trill and it's just really an insane jam I mean and also of course the taste like taste 97 is a force to be reckoned with it just spirals up and up and up and just peaks and I I don't know, I'm going to say every song. This is annoying. But the Reba, too, is absolutely so special. It's just beautiful. Released on Live Bait 11. And it's just, it's a beautiful Reba. I listened to that a few times. It's so pretty. I think I said I th- every song. I think the um, <laughs> the the thing about the playing, like the ghost, it's so, like, spare, sort of, in a way, too. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, there's, like, so yeah. much now that think we hear. Synthesizers like synthesizers they could be using. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so true. That's Where's the alien space sounds? Yeah, it's but very patient. It's ba- yeah. very patient. It, it makes it sound a little bit loose, looser than I would have expected going back to these shows. You know, like it doesn't feel feels like like you said, like they're they're definitely you know playing at the top of their game, but they're also not they're not trying to do too much, which kind of like mm-hmm. comes through in in these shows. Does that make sense, Jonathan? Yeah, I think that. I mean. 
I really like Megan's point about like they aren't playing from a position of having something to prove. They are they're not the hungry 1994 fish band. They are the we own everything on this table 1997 fish band. They like this is there's a swagger. They they could they came out and just kicked the set's ass um, straight away from <laughs> theme punch. I would like to hear punch like this in yes. whatever year yes. it is. I almost said twenty something, twenty fourteen, but I don't know what the fuck year it is. Sorry. And a soundboard um, would be would be really just uh, really terrific. Yeah. It would be revealing. The, the the audience tapes sound great. Don't get me wrong. Um there's there's actually really nice odds of this, but uh mm-hmm. yeah, give me give me a, a board so I can hear Trey's tone properly tear the head the skin off my scalp, you know. I just I want <laughs> <laughs> I, I want that. I want to, but also the dynamics of the soundboard will be a little different than that from the room. Yeah. The, so good. the the theme, you know, the theme and the taste, both like Paige and Trey particularly, I think like just there's so much back and forth. Um it's really cool. I mean, I think the the Europe tour that that had ended, you know, a couple months before this, I think that really did like give them a, a different uh, way of practicing and you know they were obviously like very much in sync at this point which is just like really it's pretty great um, I am I'm I'm really happy to go back to these um, also you know they were only like 34 years old at this point I want to wow. go back to 34 yeah I know. me too <laughs> like, isn't that Brian's age how close close <laughs> I mean no wonder he's always so on top of shit they were on top of they're on top of everything, <laughs> and they were like huge rock stars in in this you know in the, in this particular world. And they were thirty four. It's amazing. And they were young, um, yeah. The Reba is not like a, you know what we're what we think of as a nineties Reba, right? There's like some different there's some different kind of playing in there. There's like a passage in there before they get back into the peak, and I think it's a it's a really really good version. Um, do you think this is um, kind of like some of the effects and stuff in the Reba seem like remind me of the fall 97 sound a little bit. I mean, it makes sense. It's only a couple of months away, but can hear it more here than I, than I typically would. Yeah. I feel like as the tour went on, they started to creep towards that sound more. You know, like, yeah, let's read this for everybody. Uh, Brian from Attendance Bias, who was our guest just recently, says, uh, they may have had something to prove in Europe that winter, playing in small clubs and acoustically vulnerable. Being back in America probably gave them a sense of assuredness and authority. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny because we, we often talk about Europe as being an opportunity for them to experiment, kind of uh, nobody's watching, kind of low pressure. But at the same time, they are playing for hardcore fans and completely inexperienced Europeans. Um, it had to feel good to come home to play to these large, you know, Homer crowds here in the States, you know, everywhere there, we're ready to see this. And they were like, we got this thing to show you. And, uh, and boy, did they, I mean, it's not easy to evolve. You know, it's <laughs> not easy to make up a new sound when you're a band at this yeah. point, you they know? And so I coasting. think, yeah, for sure. And so for them to do that, they had to come back being like, shit, we got a whole new thing for you. Like, what the fuck a man, you know? Like, I think that's super cool. And I think they felt that way. I and would. At this point, 
you know, they had been back for what, two weeks of shows already. Um, math and numbers, obviously not my, maybe three. Today. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe two. And yeah. they were, uh, they were getting good response. So not only do they have this new shit that worked well in Europe, but it seems to be working out here in the States. So they show up in Alpine, like here's some more, you know, let's kill it. We're feeling yeah. good. They they closed the set with Crossroads. They they only played Crossroads nine times between ninety three and ninety eight. Um, this is the only one that I saw of, of the nine, and that, I saw it, it was twice. the first. You saw it twice. Well, this was mm-hmm. the first one since twelve nine ninety five. So mm-hmm. they they hadn't played it in a couple of years. Um, where did you see it? Uh, I think MSG. I saw it. Uh, MSG is one of them. Yeah, I don't remember where the other one is. Let me look. It's a pretty awesome cover in this era you know it's a really nice just just a great song for trey to just rip oh i saw it at compton terrace in 95 that which is a show i have no memory of which is why i didn't remember it <laughs> zero memory of the show oh, it must have been in fun. arizona <laughs> it is either awesome or terrible was i in arizona i'm not sure which i can yeah. tell you it was not bad <laughs> um. <laughs> that, but it's a cool i mean you know they could bring it back but i guess now they have like santos and you know they ha- they have other items like that i mean I think you there's know, another song from the show they should bring back not that one there's plenty of opportunities for them to shred but what's another one why not you know why not what's song number 221 in this year's repertoire <laughs> whatever let's go that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> if you're going back to something in set one, what is it? Probably the ghost taste. Probably the ghost. Um, I don't know. I Actually, I think I'd probably just play the whole thing again. Yeah, let's be Honestly. honest. It's the whole thing. I love dog's tool things. It's so good. Yeah, you, I just play the whole set. If you <laughs> made me pick one song, it might be the taste because it's an absolute shred fest, but... Um, I would probably just put on the whole thing. Okay. The whole thing. How about you? That's fine. What um, about you, RJ? I like the ghost a lot. I, I just feel like it really sets up this, like this sound of the, of the year, um, which I, I really like. I like the funk, but it's not, it's not just like the, it's not the funk that we would hear throughout. It's not like a Hampton 97 show, you know, where it's yeah. just, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's not, it's better than that. I think it's I think it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> solid. Um, it made me made me excited to go back to to Alpine Valley. Um, and who knows what happened at set break? I mean, I was only eighteen years old. I don't, I don't remember anything. I know that we had fun, and we, I was probably on the lawn. Not a lot of hijinks of some kind. I remember, you know, remember remember the ganja goo balls. Remember those things? Yeah, I was terrified of those. Did you eat one? <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah we used to I eat them all the time. I was scared to eat one that I would like. Die. And listen, I was like a trash compactor then. I wasn't scared of much, but I was definitely scared of the ganja goo balls. Because it's like, who knows I've what they were? I've never heard themselves to a trash compactor. No. Um, I, I ate anything. I took anything. Yeah, it was, it was oh, wow. it's a lucky I'm alive. I wouldn't survive today for sure. I ate ganja goo balls in the 90s. And you know what? They're gross. I don't want anymore. 
<laughs> but wait, what is your story about them, RJ? You I'm had not them sure. at the show? Well, I, I think this, I probably or? had them. I probably had them at every show in the, you know, between <laughs> 95 and 2000. And sometimes they didn't work at all. And sometimes mm-hmm. they did. And you didn't really know if they were going to work or not. And you just ate them. And like, you <laughs> see what happens. It was a gamble. But I'm pretty sure that we had some here. Um, and I think they were, I think they worked. Um, what, a, what a crazy time. Um, but okay, set two, we have a, we have a Wilson opener, which is a which is a good way to to open. But then a foam kind of early second set foam, which is a it's like maybe like thirteen or fourteen minutes. It's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Um, I think throughout ninety four and ninety five and ninety six, even like a, there was all pretty much set one, right? Like you, you didn't you didn't hear a lot of set two um, foams, but this one kind of like it 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 was a second set jam sounded like it yeah i mean yeah like it i mean it appeared here and there in the early part of the 90s like literally 1990 would bounce in and out um in 91 but then yeah it stayed pretty solid set one with very few variations for a long time and has returned to that as well so pretty unusual in that placement but yeah, it's a good little version. Um, I, I mean, Fish.net calls it epic. Um, that's fair. I'll let him have it. I won't lie to <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel about it, Megan? It's beautiful. The buildup is is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great version. It's funny. I was just looking at the second set and trying to decide. Like, the first set is so strong, and I think the second set's got so many amazing moments too. This the show is just in general very good, but. To me, there's a clear highlight in the second set. Well, don't don't hold back. Tell us what it is. <laughs> no, wait. Maybe we I mean, say last. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Ain't love funny? Like, bring this back. This song is so amazing. I mean, they only played it three times this summer, and this is the last time, right? This Alpine Valley show, and yeah. this song is like so beautiful. It's like this beautiful old timey kind of lyric and cadence over this like creepy somber music. I just, I want this. I feel like this is something Jonathan that maybe you'd be okay with instead of hydrogen. Like what if they did a Mike's ain't love funny at Dick's like you, I think you might be okay with that. Mike's ain't love funny hydrogen. They would never do that. You think? Why not? Look, I mean, my first show they played Mike's, uh, simple Mike's hydrogen weak box. Yeah, that's true. Anything's possible as long as they play freaking hydrogen. Um, okay, fair. But ain't love funny? Like this is honestly like I this this is like I think this is going to be like my number one thing I want now. It's just the most beautiful song. So I feel like the mics has this like funky intro and then a jazzy feel to the jam and it ends in this like gorgeous space that just like dissolves into ain't love funny and goes into this beautiful simple. It's just so pretty that whole section is amazing and then two of my favorite songs to hear swept away and steep so maybe i do like the second set as much as the first this is tough this whole show i mean the steep is hardly more than the scream but yeah it 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 really is i know it was funny because i was like did they play steam (laughs) (laughs) it would be like a controversy today right yeah yeah it was very yeah it's very short um the well, David, who's watching, says that he ate a goobal at Alpharetta last year. Um, and I'm just going back to this. Um, and Savage 1005 said, 
One of my friends made his old recipe from the 90s for the Gorge yes. 2021 and brought me back, shared it with some 20-year-olds, and educated them on the goo ball. So here we go. We're, we're Let's having bring this. the goo ball back. Maybe I'll look, try one. If someone oh yeah, will give me one. I'm going to look for them at Alpine. Yeah. If, if you get one, like mail it to me or something, because maybe, okay. maybe I need to go back to this. Should I just <laughs> yes. buy like the whole basket? And just... Yeah. Yeah. Get the whole thing. <laughs> buy them so out. Okay. ship them later. <laughs> I'm sure I can fly, fly home with them. That'd be fine. I think so. Yeah, um, good. Just good luck not letting them melt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so Jonathan, what, um, what, what, What's your thought on this this segment? I mean, it's really kind of like half the set because we got to talk about the the second half, which I would say starts with Son of a Mule. Let's talk about the first kind of yeah, part so first. It's great. I th- this Mike song is good. I like the second jam. It's short, but I like the jam and the last you know and Mike song. I like Ain't Love Funny. I'm I'm I agree. They should bring it back. It's a cool ass song. Only once played in the United States before a paying audience. Bradstock or whatever crazy. it is doesn't count, right? Yeah, it doesn't count. And then, um, and it's good, simple. Only thing that could have made this segment better was uh, "I am hydrogen." Hydrogen. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good, simple, and I like the way it flows into swept away. Yeah. I, I think everyone probably has heard this this cover, "Ain't Love Funny," but um, the the Amsterdam version because it's on like the the, the official release is is pretty is pretty great too. You can really totally. hear the vocal harmonies. Um, I found this maybe because I was listening in the car today, but I, I found this audience recording a little bit hard. But I, maybe that was just me. Uh, you, were were you listening in the Mine car? Mine was okay. Yeah, hmm. I was listening right here, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I was listening anyway. on lots of dog walks, and it was fine. You know, we don't, we don't know, we don't know anything, or I don't at least. You, these guys do. <laughs> um, so this in the mics is—it's a pretty straightforward mics and simple i mean it's good it's all good but there's no like there's no monster jams really in this in this set which is sort of interesting right but like sometimes you don't need them when you have really good playing yeah and sometimes i will sit here and actively dispute the not including performances in the jam charts or whatever and here i don't think it's necessary i think they're correct foam cite that (laughs) son of a mule cite that and everything that follows yeah. yeah, I think everything I mean, else is good, but just standard and great. So I, I'm pretty sure that this this kind of solidified my feelings about Son of a Mule. I, I, th- I think I saw it at all, like my all three, my first three shows, I saw it at every show. I feel like I'm I saw like, it so much can't. too. Yeah, I, in can't. The 90s. I can't. I can't. I don't know. I think it's just me. Did you, did no. you enjoy it, Jonathan? I like Son of a Mule. I think it's weird. I think it's like psychedelic klezmer it is designed to pummel your brain with with sounds that you maybe don't self-select um and uh i don't know maybe i just saw it (laughs) under the right conditions enough times that i i I like it it won Um, you over finally (laughs) it, it, it didn't have to win win me over it just it had me from the beginning wow i don't know wow i'm in give it to me what about you megan no, I don't like this song. I mean, you know, it's fine, but it's just not, it's not really my jam. I mean, it, it's fine because it's so fish, because it's a song about like aliens and, you know, donkeys. Like it's like, you know, it's, it's silly, but it's, it's not like it comes on and I'm like, yes, it comes on. And I'm like, okay, it's son of a mule. You know, if you went to a lot of fish shows in the mid nineties, you heard this song. 
a lot. And maybe that's um, part of it. Maybe it just connects me back yeah. to that. And I don't right. see it that much it's nowadays. Nostalgic. And so it just, you know, connects pathways in my brain to points in my life where things were uh, different. We're, we're, the we're Google getting... discussion is unbelievable. Know, it's so great. It's so, <laughs> so great. Um, I just, I want to say that the, um, just, we were talking about the, the uh, incline of the lawn earlier. I just want to show, I just want to show, this is a picture of the lawn. So it's pretty, it's pretty huge and pretty steep. I mean, look how far away yeah. those seats are. It's, it's... So RJ, I want you to, to take a, uh, a laser level when you're there uh -huh. and give me the degree slope. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I will What's do that. What's a laser level? I don't even know what that is. Obviously, you're not very handy around the house. No, not. <laughs> Shocker. I have a I have a bunch of laser levels. I can I can let you borrow one. I'm just kidding. Um, I just I, I, I want you guys to know that one. I can. According to TripAdvisor.com, this is going to Alpine Valley is only the fourth best thing to do in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. So the fourth the, best. Okay, well, yeah. What are wow. the first three? Yeah, this is interesting. Number one is the Apple Bar and Orchard and Winery. That makes sense. Um, number two is the White River State Trail. Um, cool, cool. Something to do in the morning, three, maybe. Yeah, maybe. got your your time planned out. Number three are is the Alpine Valley Ski Resort, and number four is the Alpine Valley Music Theater. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Those um, are mutually exclusive, though. You're not doing the ski resort. And the music center in the same mm -mm. trip. Well, I just want you, there's some, there's a couple, there's a couple, <laughs> um, there's a couple of reviews in here. I, the cops there are not, it's not great in terms of like, you know, cop stuff. Um, but there are reviews on TripAdvisor. One is that it's $36 for a beer, which is a lot, but like not surprising. The other person said that if you are on the lawn, if you listen to, this is serious guys. If you're okay. on the lawn, your seats will not be covered in terms of weather. This is not true. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that before. So, the lawn is not <laughs> covered, which, which I, is rare. I'm a little shocked by the beer <laughs> prices because I haven't bought beer at a concert in a long time. Is, is that somewhere near normal? No. I mean, it's a great no, big beer No, that's like a double tequila. Right? No, that's, it's not $36. I haven't bought one of those at a crazy. concert either. Yeah, that's crazy. me. I haven't bought either of those things at a concert in at least two, two and a half days. But um, <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I think eighteen dollars, eighteen dollars for a beer seems about seems about normal. Um, like I probably wouldn't anyway either. But that seems less crazy. But um, also, I, um, okay, I almost said fun. It's not a fun fact. Um, fact about Alpine Valley is where um, Steve Ray Vaughan last performance took place right mm. um part of an uh what is, what how do they describe it on on wikipedia i knew this because i remember when he passed and getting the news but he uh he had played a uh a all-star jam session to end a show there and then took a helicopter from the show that uh crashed in foggy conditions wow after playing there not cool at all not no cool. not cool it was sad sad day that um, was on august 27th 1990 1990 um thank you for sharing that 
I don't know why I felt compelled. I just what I think of when I think it's about Pine Valley, the, yeah. having never actually been it's there. The lore. I, that's that pops into my brain. I probably knew about that before I had ever. Yeah, probably knew about that before I'd ever heard a dead show from Alpine Valley. Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, that was a pretty big deal. Um, well, David asked if the, if Alpine Valley is a Live Nation venue. Yes, it is. Um, Aha. So. Maybe that, maybe that, that's just <laughs> blame them. some news for you. Um, okay. So this, this slave is really pretty phenomenal. I think it was like 14 minutes or something. You don't really get that these days. I think the last slave this year was like nine minutes. I think that's like more where the slaves are these days, but they're, it's just patient and yeah, man, really, really wonderful. And into, into week to close it out. Um, I think there's like, that's a really awesome segment. I think patient is the key word. And I also really love the placement before we as the closer. Yeah. As opposed it's to making really nice. the closer. I have nothing, no qualms with a slave closer, but I really love the way this plays out. It's just, it's outstanding. I do too. It has like, slave has this like, monster sound at the beginning and then it gets like really delicate and gorgeous and there's all this like space to breathe in it it just feels very effortless and the weekapog is just it's like a thousand miles per hour at the end and you've got this total like rock star driving the crowd like into a frenzy like the, that's when it's cool to hear the audience version because they're just absolutely like going nuts and then i love at this point in 97 when trey's like talks over the music to say goodnight. Like he does that a couple times, like in the first set in 721. And like, he says goodnight and thank you. Like, while the song's still playing. And I just like love that. It's such a, like a, I don't know. It's like an old kind of bar band move. And I think it's cool that he still does that. It's, I love it. It's just great. There's also a lot of clapping in this show, which I don't remember from 97. Well, but it, is that what happened? I feel like. It's just, you know, somebody is near the taper. I think it there's a lot of it bit. though. Like, yeah, in, like Reba. in the Reba on the audience yeah. stage. Yeah. I was like, come on. This, I'm like, you're clapping stop it. during Reba? I hope I wasn't doing that in 97. I mean, I this whole, was, but... like, this whole mythology about fish shows, people were, like, quiet in the 90s <laughs> yeah. is bullshit. It's just not, no. it's just not true. Like, people were raging. We were, like, 20. Were, we were, like, very yeah. young. I mean, there were definitely... Yeah, but I had a lot less going on in my life to, t- to fill you in on during the songs back then <laughs> and i it's had true. A You're like i just ate goo ball i don't have anything else to talk about the just goo ball, I'm, goo ball. I'm incapable yeah. of talking yeah. right yeah um but which which brings me to something i want i have to address which is that i got called out on the internet for talking during saturday's atlantic city show because you did, i was you and tom right yeah yeah i saw that and i'll just tell you that, that if you go to a fish show with me i don't really talk I did take our friend John Barber to his first fish show in a long time. And during the first set, which he left a separate, I was explaining what songs were being played to him as they were being played. So I assume oh, really? that's what this person like heard. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not having conversations about fish during fish shows, but maybe I was like, yeah, this song is like, you know, whatever. 46 days is like this song that, you know, whatever. This is when fish so, jiggles. Yeah, I mean, there's not that much to say, but I, I just, you know, I don't think it's, I, I think it's interesting, um, but and I, I can't remember the person's name, but you're welcome to come on the podcast anytime. We can, we can, we can talk about it here. Um, well, RJ, I spent a whole set with you, and you, you didn't say a word to me except giving me lots of smiles and hugs, so it's fine. 
I can I can vouch for your. Uh, that's I typically, that's what I typically do. But I was explaining what was going on to someone, so <sighs> I guess I can't go back, guys. <laughs> banned. <laughs> you think I'm banned, Jonathan? No, I think that um, if that person got mildly internet famous in the, his community, somebody might, you know, recognize him and say, hey, you know, that guy talks at a show. And put him and on yeah, blast. We, a lot of us do it sometimes. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. not a lot. But you know what? Yeah, you're going to have to talk. It's fine. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, sometimes it happens. I'm not that worried about it. I just wanted to address it because it happens. I'm not a big talker. Um, but you can you can no. stand near me and and maybe talk at a fish show anytime, RJ. You're welcome in my zone. Thanks. Yeah, I I always want you in my zone, RJ. So you can do whatever <laughs> Thanks, you want. Guys. Just uh, you know, I can even withstand a karate chop. So that's fine. Thank you, thank you so much. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I typically do not. I typically do not. Um, okay. So what else? What's a what's like a lasting kind of takeaway for you guys from this? from this show i think it's what jonathan Um, said at the beginning that summer 97 is the shit i think that's true (laughs) uh yeah i mean circus comes to town was still new let's just mention that Mm -hmm. in the encore Mm. but it but they had been really working it they played it this was the third time in the States, but they played it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in Europe between the uh, winter and the early summer tour, which is they really they really like that song when they hit the ground in 97. So since then, they've played it a few times. You know, it's interesting because I really love their commitment on this tour to playing their new stuff and like playing it a lot. A lot of these set lists have the same songs in them, but you know, it's kind of similar. It's not, but it is a little bit to what they're doing now and that they're not worrying about repeats and just playing the shit out of all everything they're playing. And so maybe that's a good place for the band. It's exactly what they're doing now. I mean, fish finds a thing that they want to work on. They work on it. So sometimes they don't have, I don't know, you know, sometimes they're just like, well, let's play every song we ever heard of. And, you know, you get yeah. 400 songs that year. And then right now they're doing this. I think, RJ, you wrote about this on your fish.net yeah. for the uh, one of the AC shows, right? You know, right now they're, you know, they're they're playing repeats a little bit more than other times, like than in the spring or whatever. Big deal. They're also jamming more in those same songs, you know. And when they yeah. it, when they only play... When they don't play repeats, people complain that they are aren't nailing the bits in the song yeah. that they played once that year. You know, what, what, do you, what do you want? So true. I well, want fish to go up and play and have fun. And if they're having fun, the playing will be good and we'll have fun. And uh, if that means playing a song twice in seven days or five days or whatever, okay. I heard so many repeats between the two Jones Beach shows, the Raleigh show, and the three AC shows, and I have zero complaints. Zero. I mean, I heard three tweezers in like two weeks. Like that, you know, that's a yes. pretty amazing, you know. I like yeah. That. And that's you like bad. it because you also love tweezer, and tweezer yeah. is the best. I'm pretty sure I saw like tweezer at like every show I saw. And- 
uh, except for the second and third Hampton shows or whatever night they played, whatever nights they didn't play <laughs> Tweezer at Hampton. But I saw right. it like multiple shows. It multi like every show I saw after that, I think for several shows in a row, I saw it because I wasn't seeing every show. I wasn't seeing five shows on a tour or whatever. I just don't get around to it. But I did yeah. it for a while. It was kind of amazing getting Tweezer every time I went to a fish show. Nothing yeah, better. it's it's always been Bummer. the same. I think I think it's always been the way it is now. I think that's that's my that's my takeaway. But these <laughs> these shows are great. Um, because I won't be here to to recap with you guys this this weekend because I'll be traveling. Actually, maybe Saturday, but not not the first night or and not tomorrow. What do you guys think is in store for fish over the next couple of days? Sigma Oasis. That is a fair. <laughs> At least two. No. Well, I have to tell you, today I was listening to the radio and I heard LaGrange by ZZ Top. Um, Sometimes I just like to listen to classic rock stations because I like classic rock. And and I just heard it. So I don't know. I don't know if it's like a thing. You know, it hasn't been played since, what, 2012? But I don't know. When we were rolling into Raleigh, into the parking lot in Raleigh, we saw a LaGrange license plate. Uh, Shout out to whoever you are. Right on. Yeah. Um, and we got to briefly talking as we were navigating into our parking space. And, you know, somebody said, well, that would be cool. Yeah, that's – and somebody said that's the only ZZ Top they want to hear other than Jesus just left Chicago. And then we almost <laughs> – we came very close to listening to the first several ZZ Top albums on the drive home because they're <laughs> awesome. Highly recommend that to everybody out there. Um, but yes, my dad uh, is a ZZ top great. Fan. We thought we'd see it. We didn't. So, um, it's on the table. Sure. You never it's, know. Um, it's my, it's in my top five most common played songs not seen. So yeah, maybe, maybe it'll well, happen. Then, maybe it'll happen. Too bad. They're going to play it in Toronto. Oh. I know. Yeah. That'll tonight. Be <laughs> be Neil, Neil Landry who's watching on Facebook says I've seen 19 shows since 3.0 and no tweezer at any event. That's Jesus, man. Wow, that is crazy. See, you just never know. Wow. That is wild. Um, Okay, so yes, I agree. I agree with the dog. I think it's, I think it's time. We have a, we have a, we have a Piper Twist Santos prediction here in the chat. Um, I think we're going to, I think you guys are going to be back tomorrow to recap the Toronto show. Is that right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, I think that's what they tell me. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll see. See how it goes. Only if there are no flubs. Um, guys, this was fun. Thank you for uh, revisiting this this amazing show with me. And um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, just one more reminder: if you are listening or, or watching, and you're, you'll be in Milwaukee tomorrow, come come hang out with me and Brian and Riley Walker tomorrow at the Cooperage, six thirty. So cool. It's going to be really fun, and I, I think it's. I think it's like, I don't think that people know how awesome it's going to be. And that's fine because people who go will, will know. But it's going to be really, really great. So um, join us if you're if you're going to be there. Um, anything else, guys? Um, I got my hair cut. Oh, I noticed that, but it, I, I was unsure. I chopped my hair, it, yeah, guys. It's, it's quite a bit. I didn't like notice a it. big deal. I know. I didn't I notice at all. I'm so sorry. How is that possible? <laughs> is it because well, you usually wear it back? I, I don't know. My hair is an ever-evolving situation, but I did get a big haircut, so. I didn't. It looks yeah. great. It's grown in. Thanks. Thanks, guys. It but, looks good, Jonathan. 
but I'm sorry that I didn't notice. Now I feel like a jerk. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay, RJ. My hair is always different. You just never know what you're gonna get. It's like a I know. Head. That's that's exactly that's what we look that's what we look forward to. Um, <laughs> I want to correct something before we go. Um it oh, wasn't no. after Hampton 09 that my streak started. It was in the summer. Uh, 6709, I saw a tweezer. And then the next three shows that I saw, I had a tweezer. All you need year. to hook up with Neil and go to a show with Neil so that he can Yeah, I've seen him at 25% of my fish shows. So, and Awesome. Given that I'm going to uh, Dick's, actually I have 26%. I will maintain that because there's surely there will be a tweezer at Dick's. So. There's going to be a tweezer at Dick's, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. All right. Well, let's. I can't wait to see. I can't. Neil, let us know. Keep us. Keep us posted. Keep us posted. Yeah, I really. I really hope you get a tweezer soon. Yeah, it's got to happen. Um, and thanks everybody for watching and listening. Um, and we'll be back with some more, some more recaps and some more regular episodes and all kinds of other stuff. So thank you guys for uh, watching, listening, and uh, see y'all soon. See you soon. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.